0: Yeah! This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky coming to you from my upstairs office in New Athens, Illinois.
1: You're in your winter home, John, wintering in southern Illinois. That's right.
0: weather's pretty decent right here, so we're we're not complaining.
1: And I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church on the other side of the river uh, here in beautiful South St. Louis.
0: And this is... Wrestling Wrestling with with the basics. basics. So I I shared with you some of the uh, jokes from my new uh, uh, joke calendar, calendar for 2021. Uh, They really weren't too great. But then again, it's early, Matt. (laughs) It's early. uh, It's early in the year. But apparently my my, uh, father-in-law, Jerry... Uh, Jerry Raymond down there in Florida must have listened to the show because right away he, he sent me a whole list of other jokes.
1: <laughs> Jerry to the rescue. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Jerry, you know, he's got pretty good material. They they A lot of his friends send him stuff, and he edits it out and only sends me the best of the stuff. So hopefully the- – Hopefully today's opening jokes will be a little bit better than last week. You you have the list in front of you. Were there any particular, yep, yeah, that you like there, Matt?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you know we're always talking about bacon and, and chocolate here on the show. Oh yeah, know, like, yeah. So there's one. It says a chocolate is God's way of telling us. He likes us a little chubby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who could argue with that, Matt? <laughs> Who could argue and, and as long as we're talking about chubby, here's another one from Jerry. Said so, uh, uh, when we when we all get heavier, and again, remember Jerry's 94 years old, so he knows all about this age stuff. We all get heavier as we get older because there's a lot more information in our heads. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: It <laughs> must be it. <laughs> That's <what> it <laughs> Not the chocolate.
0: I don't know. It's it's all around my stomach, though. Have my brain <laughs> slipped down? Is that what's going on? Maybe that's a. As you get older, things begin to slip, Matt. <laughs> they begin to fall down. It must be it. <laughs> yeah, it must be. You got another one?
1: Sure. Uh, here's let's see we have this this food thing going on here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if a cow doesn't produce milk, is it a milk dud? Or an utter failure. An utter <laughs> failure. Yeah.
0: See, it's two puns. You, you get, get two puns, puns for, for the one. price of one. How can you? How can you not? <laughs> yeah, utter failure. Uh, okay, well, this is well, this was Jerry's favorite, and it was the one right at the top of the page. The devil whispered to me, "I'm coming for you." I whispered back. Bring pizza. <laughs> <laughs> as
1: long as you're coming.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I guess as a Christian, that's why you come and devil, we ain't worried. Bring that's right. pizza. <laughs> that's
1: right. Yeah. Well, you, when you hear what Luther wrote about the devil, he wasn't too worried. You know, he knew yeah. that, no. that Jesus is more powerful, right? So, yeah. Let's, that's
0: let's right. So, yeah, if, if, you, if you are coming, then at least make it worthwhile. Bring something for us to eat. All right. Well, we'll have more of Jerry's things <laughs> as, we, as we move on. Uh, I want to go back and just pick up a couple of things from previous weeks. Is that all right, Matt? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to go back to this uh, uh, Jesus in, in the temple. Not the one we had last week. Not where he's the little baby Jesus, 40-day-old Jesus, but the one where he's the 12-year-old jesus in the temple uh we talked about that story as well uh in fact if you don't mind why don't you just read the story for us uh not not the whole thing just kind of the the dramatic conclusion there luke 2 verses 48 through 51
1: okay uh so this is when the his parents find him again right uh and when his parents saw him they were astonished and his mother said to him son why have you treated us so behold your father and i have been searching for you in great distress and Jesus said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart.
0: So, so we actually dealt with a story on the question of Mary, did you know? Right. That's a controversial song. And of course, I pointed out Lynn's opinion was if if you asked Mary that, Mary would say, what? Do you think I'm stupid? (laughs) That's Lynn's interpretation. Do you think I'm stupid? Of course I know. An angel came to me. I sang the Magnificat. What do you think? Uh, But apparently, according to Scripture at this point, maybe she didn't know. She didn't know. She was having some problems anyway. Why her son would have hung out at the temple and not let her know. You know, three days looking for him. They were anxious and frightened as any parent would be. But, but my pastor, Pastor Bittner, have you met Lyle yet? Have you oh, met yes, Lyle? Sir.
1: Yeah, I know Lyle from the seminary and the seminary library. You bet.
0: Okay, so so he pointed out something in his sermon that I thought was really cool. Uh, you know, the Greek, uh, the Greek language is 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 neat because it has a way when it asks a question, it has a way of anticipating what the answer should be. Now, we kind of do that in English. It's called a rhetorical question, right? Where sure. the answer is already known. You're not actually asking it a question. The answer is already known. And so like when my wife says, speaking for Mary, do you think I'm stupid? What What's the answer that is expected there?
1: Well, of course, you're not stupid, Mary. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. See that? Wait, that's not. No, no, you're not stupid. Well, the Greek has a way of phrasing a question. So we know already what the answer is, whether it's yes or whether it's no, and 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 uh, Pastor Bittner pointed out that's look at the beginning of this this uh, response of Jesus. Could you read the beginning of that response again?
1: Yeah. So he says to them, "Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house?"
0: Yeah. Did you not know? That's an interesting way of phrasing it. Uh, And in the Greek, the implication is, you should know. (laughs) You should know. Yes. Yes. If you don't know, Mary, no, you should know. That that, that anticipates the answer. Yes. Yes, I do know. Uh, And and Mary did know that. She did know. that. that, And you know what I really like about this text. So what's your preference, Matt? Because you can go with, uh, did you not know that I I should be about my father's business, or did you not know that I should be in my father's house? Which which one do you go with?
1: Well i I think that <laughs> I think there's the synonymous in meaning, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously different translations, you know, but I think synonymous in meaning. But yeah, I think the father's house. I think that that's I think that's a neat point, right? That that the temple there is his father's house, and uh, what I like about that is I think it echoes to what Jesus will do later. As he chases out the money changers, right, um, making that, that a house of trade instead of a, a place of prayer. So there he is in his father's house again, and zeal consuming him uh, later in, in his ministry. So I, I kind of like that father's house idea because of that connection in the later in the Gospels.
0: Um. And, and of course, that's where he's at, which is how you end yeah. up with that, that yeah. translation house, cause he is there in the temple. Uh, what I think is neat though is if you actually look at Jesus' words, he doesn't say either of those. <laughs> he doesn't say house or he doesn't say father's business. He just says in that of my father. <laughs> he, he doesn't clarify it because so the point isn't what he's doing. The point <laughs> is, is who told him to do this? Who's he's been obedient to? Not just any father, but his. Father. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And of course, Mary, Mary should have known that. She should have known that in fact. She talked about it. Uh have you could you get the Magnificat out there real quick, Matt? Sure.
1: Yeah, Luke right, chapter Luke, one. Luke
0: one, forty six there. Uh you bet. uh just read read like verse uh fifty three. Read verse fifty three and, okay. and to the fifty through fifty five.
1: Yeah, so Mary sings and she says, uh, He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever.
0: So this is the stuff of the father, that that he's going to take the people that are struggling, and I know right now there are people listening to us who are struggling. And I'm talking to you. If you find yourself that whatever it may be, it may be monetarily. It may be because of family. Maybe you got COVID. Maybe it's a health issue. But if you're out there, if you're amongst the those that are poor, don't worry. Because you're exactly the people he came for. You're exactly the ones he wants to give good things to. And he's going to do it not because you deserve it, but in remembrance of his mercy. That's why he helps his servant Israel. In fact, read read the first verses there, the Magnificat, if you could. That verse, uh, oh yeah, forty six is enough. Forty six.
1: Okay. And Mary said, "My soul magnifies the Lord."
0: And read forty seven, forty eight, okay. too. Now yeah. that okay. I think about it, and
1: my it. spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed.
0: And you might as well do 49 too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Why not? It'll be one of the key songs in our musical. Don't you perfect. think, Matt? Oh, perfect. A yes, Yes, yeah.
1: Magnificat. We got to have the Magnificat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name.
0: Yeah. So so that, that's, that's all Jesus. And Mary, you know. You know why I'm here. I'm here to be the Savior. You said it. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Why do you think you gave me the name Jesus? <laughs> and again, of course, you know. Why Why, why did they name him Jesus? What's yeah. that mean, man?
1: It's not just who he is, but it's what he does. Yeah, The Lord saves, that Jesus is that Savior.
0: Yeah, saves his people from their sins. Um, so, But here's why I thought this, this was, was cool. Because we know that, too. Now, now, there may be some atheists that have tuned into us. And, and, well, we're glad to have you here. Look, if you don't get anything out of it, you got some good jokes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's not a waste of your time.
1: Some, some okay jokes, we'll say.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe, 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 maybe good was overstating. Um, but I think probably most of the people that are listening to us, they do know. They, they know everything we're telling them. But like Mary, sometimes we forget that. You know, things happen and we forget. Uh, which I think is what's cool, because what does Mary do? What does it say in the text? Going back to the story of Jesus in the temple, what what does Mary do? Even though she doesn't really understand what's going on right now, yeah. what does Mary do?
1: But in the end, she still treasured up all these things in her heart.
0: Yeah, and so that's all, people, that's all you need to do. I'm not saying that you can understand it. I'm not saying that you're not going to have doubts. Uh, Lord knows Matt and I, we've had plenty of doubts in our lives So all you can do is go back and go to the things that Matt and I are sharing. Go to the scriptures uh, and and just treasure these things up and know. See, that's the cool thing. It's not about how strong our faith is. So you got Mary and right now she doesn't understand. But what what, what does Jesus do? I think this is what's really cool here. So what does Jesus do then? In, In the face of his mother's lack of understanding. Because I know what my kids would do. Oh, dad, you don't understand. And they just go do whatever they want to do. Right. <laughs> Your kids haven't gotten got that age yet, but you wait. <laughs> or maybe they have already. Have they done that to you that you don't know, you don't understand? Have you got that line yet?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've got teenagers in the house now, John. So, yeah, okay. we're, we're all too familiar with, with that sometimes.
0: And so then they just go and do what they want to do. Oh, well, of course, they'll they'll hide it from you because they're really good at that sometimes. But listen, look what Jesus does. What does Jesus do?
1: Yeah, so verse 51, then it says, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them.
0: Yeah, so so no, Jesus isn't saying to the children out there, kids, if you're listening to our show, and I know there are kids that listen to our show, uh, uh no the point isn't that you can lip off to your mom. <laughs> not, the point is that's not the takeaway too, here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the point is you need to be about your father, right? Our father in heaven, we pray. God is our father too. We need to be about his stuff. That that belongs to him. And certainly living off to your mom is not part of that. Because what's the fourth commandment, Matt?
1: Yeah, honor your father and mother.
0: Yeah, so so the 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 thing of the father is that we would obey our mothers and our fathers here on earth, uh, um, and that's what Jesus does too. Here, he he's not being disobedient; he he submits to them, and 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 the Bible wants us to know that. But the other thing that, that Pastor Bittner shared that I thought was really cool: we we can't hear these words of Jesus. Did you not know these are not harsh words; these are words of comfort. So, as to say, Mary, I, I know you're, you're confused here. You're struggling. You were worried. This is nothing compared to how you're going to feel when they nail me to the cross, Mary. But just remember, at all times, all situations, I've been doing what the Father has sent me to do, which is to be your Savior and the Savior of the world. So, thank you, Pastor Bittner, because I think that's what we need to remember, especially when we don't understand what God's doing. He's Going to do what he said he's going to do, and that is to be our Savior to bring us the peace, like you talked about last week, Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's really neat how I think it's another way to look at this is Jesus fulfilling his vocations, uh, what he's called oh, yeah. to do as as the Son of God, right, the Son of the Heavenly Father, and all that he's doing already uh, in fulfillment of that. But then also in in verse fifty one, uh, that submissiveness to Mary and Joseph uh, to fulfill that vocation as their earthly son. Uh, you know, you wonder what that was like. I mean, Jesus knows he's the he's the son of God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth, right? Uh, but yet he still submits to them and fulfills that calling that he's been given uh, in this time, in this place uh, as our savior. So it's pretty remarkable, I think.
0: And, and, you know, that's a nice insight for us, too, Matt, that we all have different vocations. And in some vocations, we are the ones in charge. We are the ones that are instructing other people what to do. But all of us are in situations where we are the submissive ones, where we are to be obedient to what other people tell us. And that's true of us. Even as adults, we still need to answer to those who are in authority above us. Uh, And so it was with Jesus. That's just how it is. Um, now here's the other thing I wanted to pick up if we could Matt I want to go back uh, to what you were talking about uh, when Jesus was in the temple earlier when he was in the temple uh, at 40 days and and remind us Matt why why was he in the temple when he was only 40 days years old
1: yeah so he's in the temple there uh, to fulfill the law so they're there to make the sacrifice to present Jesus at the temple and so for his presentation and and even Mary's purification, uh, according to the law way back in the book of uh, Leviticus and elsewhere in the Old Testament.
0: So the thing that that I had not really thought about, and we talked about this a little bit uh, already, but I wanted to add some more thoughts to it, is this whole business of Jesus in the temple at 40 days so that they might make a sacrifice. This is all about the Passover, and I don't know if people realize that or not. Well, read the passage from Exodus 13, if you would, 14 through 16.
1: Okay, uh, let's see here. So Exodus. Uh, okay, uh, here we go. Uh, and when you uh, and when in time you come to, excuse me, let me start over, John. And when in time uh, to come, your son asks you, "What does this mean?" You shall say to him. Uh, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Okay, far- I'm
0: going to interrupt you, Matt. Okay. So the, the question is, so you're doing just this business about taking the little the firstborn in to make a sacrifice. And so people are going to say, well, what are we doing this for? What does this mean? Now, here's the explanation for what Mary and Joseph were doing in the temple on that 40th day of their son's birth.
1: Okay. So uh, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Uh, For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand or frontlets between your eyes. For by a strong hand the Lord brought us up out of Egypt."
0: So I had not realized before that that this is all about the Passover. This is why you do this. Uh, in, in fact, if, if Mary and Joseph had had animals, now uh, he's a carpenter, so I don't think he's raising animals, but if he had animals and, and the firstborn of a donkey, they would have killed that. That would have had to have been sacrificed just outright. And of course, as the law says, if it's your own son, well, we, we don't we don't kill our children. That's what the pagans do. That's what distinguishes us from the rest of the nations. That Gentiles. But yeah, you still need to redeem. You still need to redeem that child. Uh, and, and it occurred to me, man, this Passover deal was a very, very important thing. And, and the whole flow of Jewish worship was a constant reminder that the Lord had freed you, uh, brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In fact, here, here, read this when, when the Passover is set up, read Exodus 12, 14, because I think this is a fascinating command there too.
1: Sure. Uh, this day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast.
0: As a statute what,
1: Matt? Statute forever.
0: Yeah. So so there's other things that you're doing, but I now, now you can correct me on this, and, and there's a lot smarter people than us that listen, so I, I'm willing to stand corrected. But I don't think any of the other rites or rituals had that term forever attached to them.
1: You know, Matt. Can you think of another instance? I think the uh, the Passover is the biggie. That's the big one.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's kind of a powerful thing to say. No, no, you need to be doing this forever, forever. This will never come to an end. And if you could, Matt, let's read the verses before that because maybe people out there don't remember what the Passover was. Sure. So well, uh, Exodus. Go ahead matt
1: yeah exodus chapter 12 uh, for i will pass through the land of egypt that night and i will strike all the firstborn in the land of egypt both man and beast and on all the gods of egypt i will execute judgments i am the lord the blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are and when i see the blood i will pass over you there's that passover part yep. and no plague will befall you to destroy you when i strike the land of egypt
0: so so that's what it was. And, and I'm sure most of our listeners remember uh, it was the final plague. This was the one that broke the back of Pharaoh, as it were. Finally, he releases the people. Although, of course, he'll change his mind and chase after him one last time and end up dying in the, the waters of the Red Sea. Uh, but this is the sign, this blood that the Israelites were to put on their doorposts and then the angel of death would not strike them, but it is going to strike all the firstborn again, all the animals, all the people. Uh, uh, if you don't have blood over your doorposts, all the firstborn are going to die. Were you a firstborn, Matt?
1: Yeah, I'm a firstborn.
0: All right, so you and I wouldn't be doing the show. We'd be gone. I'm, yeah. I'm an only I'm an only child, so i get um but here's the thing, I didn't discover. This this is not only in in the ritual of the Passover, not only in the coming uh, at the 40th day, uh, whenever there's a firstborn, but it actually has to do with the Levites as well. My my wife and I stumbled upon this passage from Numbers 8 uh beginning at verse 14.
1: Okay, thus you shall separate the Levites from among the people of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. And after that, the Levites shall go in and serve at the tent of meeting, when you have cleansed them and offered them as a wave offering. For they are wholly given to me from among the people of Israel. Instead of all who open the womb, the firstborn of the people of Israel, I have taken them for myself."
0: I think we can stop there. Uh, if you want to read it at home, people, it's Numbers 8, 14 through 19, and there's more detail. But, but of course, this is another an odd thing. Uh, you know, every tribe gets their own land, uh, their own area in the promised land, except for the? Levites. Levites. Greece. And I, I did not realize that's a Passover thing, too. Uh, God says, he says, this is why I'm not giving them their land, because they're going to be throughout your land. And when you see a Levite, you need to remember that I should have taken your firstborn, but I didn't. I didn't. And the Levites are going to represent the fact that they're the ones now that I've taken. But it's that same, same image. Uh, And and so here's my point. And I said it a couple weeks ago, but I just wanted to say it again. Here's what the Passover was teaching the Israelites and what it's teaching us. See, you, you might think that because you're a Christian, God's going to give you special treatment. That's what the Jews thought, right? This is why we were delivered, because we were Jews. And God says, no, 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 no. You were sinners just like the Egyptians. I should have taken all of your firstborn. And if I didn't take your firstborn, it wasn't because you were Jews, but because I'm merciful. And, of course, the whole history of the Old Testament shows that, yeah, they, they should have died right along with the Egyptians. There's no reason God should have spared them. Here's the other problem. It's not the ritual. It's not the fact that you celebrate the Passover that God spares you. It's not the fact that you and I as Christians, we celebrated Christmas. Oh, I went to church on Christmas. No, no. God doesn't care anything about rituals. In fact, go back and read, if you would, those verses again about the Passover from Exodus 12. Read read verse 13. What's this Passover supposed to be? He says very clearly what it's supposed to be.
1: The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And behold, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt.
0: So what's the blood to be?
1: A sign for you.
0: Yeah, and a sign is something that's supposed to evoke faith, right? So we put the blood on there, not because this is some ritual we perform, and now God will have to do what what we tell him to do, but no, we put the blood on there because God made a promise, and the promise is quite clear, that no plague will befall you to destroy you. If you've got the blood and, and and Matt, take us home here. How does that relate to us as Christians?
1: Oh, well, I, especially I can't help but think of uh, the blood itself uh, there on the the, the how the, the blood said is the sign. Right. Yeah. And then that points us ahead to in faith to that greater blood shed on the cross that, um, you know, is even more than a sign. Right. <laughs> that literally is the what forgives us and gives us peace with God. Again, not not because of anything we've done, but because of God's grace and mercy, his His steadfast love.
0: And that's all that Wrestling the Basics is about, people. We just want you to know about the blood that has uh, made it so that no plague will befall you, uh, not even COVID. Uh, this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.